Welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses and Callum, we're being kept in order today. We've got a proper broadcaster on the show. Joining us today is local DJ Beth Wallace. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I actually just thought I maybe should have put my specs on and then I could have been like part of the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, hopefully um, we can keep everything in order here and impress you with some of our broadcasting skills. Uh, Callum, I know you sometimes are impressed by my links, but more impressive, of course, is, of course, we finally claimed our first points, three points of 2023 with a 2-0 win over St Johnston at the weekend. Happy man, Callum. Definitely. It's about time, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, about time. There's lots of positivity on the show. And Beth, of course, at the weekend, we saw the return to the starting lineup of Graham Shinney. What was your thoughts on the return of Graham Shinney um, to Aberdeen? I wasn't really paying attention throughout the day. And then all of a sudden, like it happened. I was like, well, that just came out of absolutely nowhere. But I feel like it probably came at the right time. We were kind of needing that bit of a morale boost, especially with recent results. And uh, I think there's been a lot of negativity amongst the fans. So it felt like uh, the right thing to get people going. And obviously, you know, um, he obviously wasn't the sole uh, cause of the win on Saturday, but he definitely had his impact. So uh, I think it was right man at the right time. Yeah. And Callum, that's definitely what you thought would happen if uh, we re-signed Graham Shinney. So mm -hmm. um, you're very happy to be proven right in this case, aren't you? Absolutely. And even more happy that you were proven wrong. So that makes you feel even better. But uh, I totally agree with Beth there. I think it just sort of gave everyone a lift. As soon as that happened, I sort of forgot about what happened in the previous games. And I was just very excited to see him uh, playing. I was playing alongside Ramadani as well. Uh, it's just passion march into the middle of the field. And I absolutely <laughs> love it. But uh, yeah, I'm just delighted that, you know, he, he came in, performed well. And after you were humming and hanging about whether you'd have him back or what sort of impact you'd have, had a positive one. Yeah, he absolutely did. And you're right, the passion merchant, you saw that throughout the, the game um, on Saturday. And you forgot about so much, you forgot to even tweet about Duke Day uh, and look what happened as well. Um, I suppose we'll, we'll come on to that as well. But I, I think, you know, Beth, you're right. It, it, it was the kind of right place, right time to galvanate the, the support. And, you know, like London Buses too became uh, along at the same time with... Um, Patrick Mislovich, I'll probably slaughter his pronunciation of his last name there, um, joining on loan from MSK Zelina, the 21-year-old who's already made over 100 appearances um, at such a young age. Sounds like we're getting a, an experienced head on young shoulders. Obviously, we're not going to claim like we know a lot about him, but another exciting talent coming from abroad. Yeah, like how do we look at on YouTube as we all do when we get a new yeah. sign in and I watched the two minute video and I'm like oh this guy looks fantastic <laughs> but it is YouTube and we can make anyone look good in a two minute video I'm sure I'd look a fantastic footballer if someone put <laughs> together my best bits in a two minute video they'd have to probably really scrape stuff together but um, yeah he looks like he likes a pop out out the box and um, some screamers probably and um, so hopefully the video actually lives up to how how he how he will play. I think uh, I think he will be good. I don't think they would be buying another midfielder unless it was good because we're quite well there in the middle at the minute. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think I think he'll be tipped up. 
Yeah, and Callum, the um, Zelina manager, caused a bit of hysteria with his comments around saying that we were going to lose a player um, on loan in that position, prompting hysteria that Leighton Clarkson was a way to be recalled from Liverpool. But potentially meaning uh, could maybe loss in translation. It could be that a player currently on loan from Aberdeen, a.k.a. Conor McLennan or Dean Campbell, who, of course, is very much in the headlines um, after his goal-scoring exploits at the weekend could maybe not have a future at Aberdeen. Is is that maybe where the Zelina manager was going with his comments? Potentially. I mean, I think you know you mentioned Dean Campbell. There. It's a very interesting one because I think his contract is currently up at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and it'll be weird to see. It'll be interesting to see if you know perhaps I know we won't give a contract based off just one performance, but if he does continue to impress, whether he'll get another contract here or whether he maybe fancies his chances, he might take it out of our hands and he might fancy his chances down in England see how far sort of up that pyramid he could get so it'll be an interesting one but uh, I, yeah the, the manager certainly caused caused chaos on that one I was <laughs> devastated at the prospect of uh, Clarkson potentially leaving but uh, whilst we were on uh, Patrick Mislovich is I think it's how it's pronounced after you and Stuart messaged me on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. saying he works with a Slovakian person and uh, he asked basically so that'll maybe help us along the way yeah, well, hopefully we get the international clearance for him soon. Um, maybe this weekend comes too soon for him uh, and we see him maybe midweek at, at Tynecastle. But on to the game from the weekend um, itself. Beth, I thought there was probably one of our better first halves. We've said on the show quite a lot, we tend to be quite lethargic, slow to get into games, but I actually thought we very much started on the front foot. Yeah, I agreed. I think, you know, when that, disallowed gold went in like my thoughts right that's us gonna go ahead and pound in a few goals but obviously it was disallowed and you know right enough it was uh, marginally offside but marginally offside is still offside unfortunately um, but yeah it definitely felt a little bit better than it had in other games I wasn't sat there quite as depressed as I have been um, in previous <laughs> weeks but um, there's still a few things that obviously need to be fixed, but it was definitely a big improvement on uh, previous weeks. Yeah, and, and for you, what what would you say were the, the things you were looking to be fixed from that first half? Um, I think everyone's probably saying the same thing, that the defence is the shaky part of our game. Um, Jim Goodwin, when he arrived, said it would take no time at all to fix the defence, but in reflection, that was probably a bit naive and potentially a bit mm-hmm. arrogant as well um, I don't know you know we need to sign some defenders um, Coulson and Richardson they're good going forward but they're not defenders they're not natural defenders Anthony Stewart has had his mistakes in recent weeks I think sometimes he almost panics when he's got too much time on the ball <laughs> if he's not got as much time on the ball I actually almost think that's better for him um, so the defence is definitely where we need to um, shake it up a little bit. Um, although we were the better team in that, still you felt that anxiousness and nervousness when the ball was coming towards our defence. So um, that that's the thing that really needs shaking up. Yeah, it's funny that, that comment you made about Anthony Stewart because uh, the Ian that I was sitting next to and he said, he goes, Anthony Stewart had five players in red that he could pass to and he still managed to pass the ball directly to Andy, Andy Constein um, at one point. But it, the, the crazy thing is, we're sitting here that the defence maybe still needs a bit of work, but they've had back-to-back clean sheets and it's still 
maybe not perfect, but signs maybe that it's going in the right direction. But Callum, obviously we had Duke's goal disallowed, but Boyan Miofsky, I mean, when your luck's not going for you, your luck's really not going for you. And to be honest, I actually felt really sorry for Boyan uh, on Saturday because, as I said, on another day he could have been walking away with a hat-trick in that first 45. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, certainly the most clear-cut chance when he was, was through on goal, forced a decent save. Uh, I, I suppose, however, you know, a couple more chances, where he, one where he tried to lob the keeper. I think he's unlucky, particularly with that one. And then the sclaffed shot, he absolutely needed to do better there. But <laughs> it, it looks like he can't buy a goal at the minute. And it's, it's a shame, uh, especially because, you know, the way he started off uh, his career at Aberdeen, he was flying... Um, you know, he was the messiah, and now it seems to have gone to Duke uh, right now. But yeah. I think strike, strikers always go through these spells, and I suppose the most important part is he is getting those chances. If he wasn't finding himself in the right position, uh, if his movement was off and things like that, that's when you'd maybe start to worry. He will find his goal scoring form eventually, and hopefully, it's next weekend. That would be ideal. However, uh, I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm not sure if he'll start. I've seen a few people on social media. Uh, suggesting that Duke should start up top uh, over him. And where does Boyan Miofsky then fit in? But I suppose we'll come on to that later on. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that. And I suppose for me, that one-on-one where, as you said, it was a, probably a good save from, from Remy Matthews probably does sum up where Boyan is just now. Uh, a couple of months ago, he, he definitely finds the back of the net. But what I quite liked on, on Saturday was he was certainly making the runs that maybe he hasn't been for a while. He was getting in the space, showing for the ball. And there was an incident in the first half where I think it was Ramadani could have played him in and he was screaming for the ball, but Ramadani went out wide to, to Matt Kennedy and the, the mood, the, the whole move just kind of died a death. Um, and I just felt a bit sorry again for, for Boyan that he created that space, looked for the ball and and unfortunately didn't get get the pass. But Callum, on the, the point that, that Caitlin was making... Uh, Sorry, on the point that Beth was making um, about our defence and kind of having those nervous moments, did you ever feel like St. Johnson were causing us problems in that first half? The only real opportunity I, I remember was Stevie May heading just past the post. Yeah, certainly. I, mean, I think they ended up with just the one shot on target uh, throughout the whole game. You almost sort of felt if there was going to be any uh, threat on our goal is going to come from more our own doing rather than anything else, <laughs> uh, which I think has been quite often the case this season. Um, St. Johnston really did offer very, very little. And, um, you know, they're lumping the ball up to Stevie May and I've been critis- critical of uh, of Liam Scales and how he dealt with things. But I thought he, he did improve. Um, certainly didn't have a, a physical striker so much to deal with. Uh, and Anthony Stewart as well. I did think he was um, he had one of his better games in an Aberdeen shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I think perhaps he wasn't tested quite so much by St. Johnston. And it was there was still a little bit of nervousness, however, when him in particular was on the ball. But I thought he was, yeah. he was a bit better. And I still felt that if, we, if there was going to be anything uh, sort of more worrying in the game, it was going to come from our own wrongdoing. But it, it never came. And I was quite pleasantly surprised. As you say, two clean sheets in the bout. Almost unheard of from Aberdeen, really. <laughs> yeah, and and Beth, I think you know when we speak about the nervousness, um, certainly that Anthony Stewart was possessing at times. It goes back to again the maybe importance of Graham Shinney coming into this side because he was acting as almost that calming figure, just telling him, you know, just take your time, just calm down. It's all right. 
you know, we've, we've not conceded, we've got away with it maybe, but, you know, there's there's leaders there that can now step up an additional leader in Graham Schnee. He might not have the armband in, in the sense, but he can help guide certain players through the game and like Anthony Schur, who's maybe having wobbles um, at times on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. I think Shinny just came back in and he looked like he'd never left sort yeah. of thing. You know, he was commanding in the middle of the pitch. He was giving the ref a hard time like he always has. You were almost certain that yellow card was coming for him. And I'm surprised it didn't, the amount of fouls that went against him. Um, maybe he was just going, oh, it's his first back uh, game back to Aberdeen. We'll, we'll book him next week sort of thing. But um, yeah, he just felt like he'd always always been there so he definitely just slotted right back into that leadership role and him and Ramad I always call him Ramadandi by the way because yeah. like Dandies. so Ramadani <laughs> um, they just felt that just the two of them will be a great pain and I think mm-hmm. they'll both really show their leadership um, sometimes you maybe recently have missed Johnny Hayes his leadership as well um, I don't know if he's, if he's fully fit enough to be starting and things like that um, I thought Johnny Hayes at the start of our season was one of our better players he was really you know sort of pushing forward and leading um, but he's obviously not had that much game time since he's been away injured um, hopefully that'll come back as well so there is a leader in Johnny Hayes there um, guys who've been around it was a nice moment in the second goal when Shinny and Hayes came together and I was like oh it's like the good old days <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Tom I suppose that kind of also goes back to the maybe quality that Jim Goodwin was speaking about of taking off the bench. I, I will come on to a little bit, but you've got that opportunity for Johnny Hayes to not necessarily rely on him to start games. We can now use his pace or certainly his pace that he retains um, at, at the end of games. But around Graham Shinney as well, I certainly thought for the first time, certainly since the, the World Cup, the squad and the starting eleven looked very balanced. You could almost see what Jim Goodwin's plan was with, with Graham Shinney sitting alongside Ramadani. And it really freed up Leighton Clarkson mm-hmm. to just run around and just try and cause some Johnson problems. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think it was Leighton Clarkson's one of his better games. However, yeah. I certainly see he did have a lot more creative freedom, uh, sort of sometimes also times a little bit of a free roll in front of them just to um, sort of find those pockets of space. And I think, Certainly in games where it's maybe a bit more open uh, as well, uh, he'll definitely benefit in those. But you use the word balance there, and that was the word I was I was going to use myself. Because if you think about it, in previous games, we'd had Ramadani, Barron, Clarkson, all preferring their right foot, always looking to go that way. Whereas with Ramadani and Shinny, both in there, able to go both ways. And it just we just look a lot more comfortable. And a lot, it looks like a lot more of a structured shape with those two sort of protecting and then able to break forward as well. So there's times sort of Ramadani leading a little bit of a press as well, Shinny as well. And I think we missed that um, massively too uh, with, with Graham Shinney. So we just looked a lot more comfortable. And I think Anthony Stewart definitely benefited from that as well as Liam Scales too. So having those two perfectly sat in front of them and knowing they'll do the dirty work uh, that's required of them. And then they can also play a little bit too. So I'm very, very happy yeah. and I'm a lot more confident now coming into the semi-final, which we will talk to you in the next, I'll talk to you about in the next episode, but I'm a lot happier. Uh, yeah. Still not 100% content, but I'm getting there. 
Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point that kind of, again, going back to the, the word balance, that the almost as well pressure was being taken off Ramadani, the, the point you make about him having to kind of help out Anthony Stewart or Liam Scales by, by receiving the ball deep and then have a lot of ground to cover to take it up into the midfield. Him and Graham Shinney could kind of switch that about. And as well, if Ramadani did want to drive forward, he knew that there was a very capable midfielder sitting there in, in Graham Shinney and, and vice versa but obviously at half time as Beth said you know Duke has his goal disallowed correctly because unfortunately with VAR and offsides it is hard to argue um, <laughs> around that Beth were you, were you sensing it was going to be another one of those days at nil-nil at, at half time with all the chances missed and of course the, the VAR decision at half time maybe not Um Maybe 10 minutes into the second half, there was just a wee moment where it just felt like we were kind of regressing to what we had in previous games. Particularly down that left side, we seemed to get a little bit messy. There's a too mm. much sit space and that. And I was like, oh, here we go sort of thing. And then when the goal did come, it came quite unexpectedly. Um, I think most people were like, well, that was a little bit messy, but we'll take it sort of thing. <laughs> um, but actually watching it back in the highlights, I was like, oh, that actually was a, a lot smoother than it looked in real time. I think I was about a few seconds delayed in actually celebrating the goal because I was like, oh, we've actually just scored from that. Um, so once that goal had went in, I was like, no, that's just like sort of cemented. I think I think we've got the win here, but mm-hmm. it's it wasn't really until that goal had quite went in that I was a. Uh, I was confident. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very much shared around the ground anyway. But Callum, what about you? I think Beth sums it up very well there because after that first 10 minutes of the second half, I'm definitely guilty for it. I was getting frustrated, maybe more so at Ewan Anderson and some of the decisions he was making. Um, certainly raised frustrations around the ground and maybe ultimately actually kind of got the crowd back into the game as well with some of his poor decision-making because I felt at the game until the substitutions, the, the crowd had kind of gone out of the game. And as Beth, as Beth said, you know, we were kind of going back into that almost similar pattern of the Ross County game mm. where I thought, are we even going to score today? Yeah, things had gone a little bit flat. At halftime, I was quite happy with the way things had gone. I thought, you know, we will eventually get that goal, but... I totally agree. Once we were sort of 10, 15 minutes into that second half, I started getting a little bit concerned. And, oh God, Ewan Anderson was absolutely <laughs> awful. There's a few times where he could have just let the play flow and didn't. And then there's times just getting decisions totally wrong. He was he was awful. Uh, did not enjoy uh, him uh, being in the middle of the park. But uh, certainly the changes uh, helped things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll take some credit here, as I always do. The half time, I'm going. You know, we, we've gotten behind St. Johnston plenty of times here. It's not happening for Miowski. Get to it through the middle. We'll see what happens. And lo and behold, we saw what happened, didn't we? We didn't. Uh, Beth, what was your feeling uh, at the substitution? Did you did you like Callum call that substitution? I didn't personally um, think he would take Miowski off. Uh, again, I think it. Personally, I think he tends to be quite stubborn around taking Boyan off. I did expect Kennedy to come off um, when I saw um, Bazawin lining up as well. And I actually wondered if he was going to maybe take Leighton Clarkson off as well at the time, because I just felt if you took Boyan Miofsky off at that time, we then went with no height up front. 
Um, and you know what St. Johnson are like a big physical team. And I think despite making the, the change that he did, we didn't really change our style straight away. And we almost played into St. Johnson's hand until we realised if we actually run at them, we're going to cause them problems. Yeah, I kind of I thought I thought similar in that you know Duke's been playing on this sort of left outside role, but we know he plays best at the top. And actually, you know, some of these balls that Miofsky had missed, I think Duke would have went and scored them. Um, so I I probably you know I totally agreed with the decision to take him off. I think it was the right thing to do. I was actually surprised he'd done it as as early as he did. You know, you're saying mm-hmm. about the stubbornness. Um, managers like to leave it a little bit later. I don't know why, um, but it's just what they do, is it? <laughs> um, and I kind of said similar things of bringing on um, Bazawin. Um, he didn't look quite 100% match sharp, yeah. but he hasn't had the minutes, let's be honest, to be fair. Um, so, you know, we'll allow him that. Um, but he does uh, does a great move for the first goal. So um, the changes have definitely worked. Um, and I think... I was surprised they came at the time they did, but they they came at the right time um, and <clears throat> the right changes to be made. Yeah, maybe a sign that Jim Goodwin does actually know what he's doing. But the interesting one around the, the goal as well was, I, I'm really convinced if that ball hadn't found the back of the net and had gone out for, say, a goal kick, Duke was a way to be taken off for Christian Ramirez because he was there stripped ready to come on and then had to put his jacket back on. And I was a big fan of Ramirez just standing in the dugout with his jacket on, like, Jim, like, any chance? Like, I can still come on now. We're we're winning. Just give give me a run out. But Callum, Beth said it was a bit of a messy goal, but the more you watch it back, the defter that touch from Vinny comes. And I, I do agree with what, what Beth said about around Vinny's match sharpness maybe I think that was certainly lacking but again can't be blamed around the the lack of minutes but that's almost the type of goal we needed to kind of kick start any form of momentum it needed to be scrappy it needed to be messy it just needed to find the back of the net absolutely I was very messy I think we were aided by some poor St Johnston defending yeah. but um, I originally thought no one had touched it since Kelarus. I had no idea what was going on. And I was sober, by the way, so I've got no excuses. Uh, but it turns out it was a fantastic little touch on the corner from Vinny. And it, it was interesting because uh, certainly from where I was in the South Stand, people were very unhappy with us attempting sort of Liam Scales passing the ball to Kelarus from the goal kick and then it going to Anthony Stewart or whatever and us playing it short. But then I was also thinking if we lump it long, we've got three tiny people up there and, and, it, and it somehow paid off. I think that was thanks to uh, Percent Johnson defending, but it came at the right time. I think had it gone another sort of five, ten minutes again, uh, and later, it would have the crowd would have sort of turned a little bit more, perhaps, and mm. the fresh frustrations mainly directed towards you. Anderson would have then started going uh, to, towards the team a little bit more, but yeah. it, it was fantastic, and Duke absolutely loved it, and I think he deserved it because in terms of the first goal at the time, uh, the offside goal at the time, I thought. I have no idea how that could possibly offside be offside. It looks like there's got a player behind him, but it was the correct decision. But I think he did deserve it uh, off the basis of that, and, and he really, really, really enjoyed it. And I love when Duke scores, uh, particularly at Patoji in front of the red shed, because he always goes absolutely mental. And it's like it's his first ever professional goal. He just loves it. I love him. I love, though, how he managed to restrain himself from mm. taking his top off as Literally well. Literally what I was going to say. Oh, don't want that booking yet. But funny you mentioned that goal kick 
routine calm because that was doing my head in. And I'm I don't actually know if it was the goal kick that led to the goal, but I remember just shouting, What's the point? It's not working. Like just let's get the ball moving, let's get it up the park quicker. And if it wasn't probably served me right. But some of some of our play from goal kicks and especially set pieces as well, Beth. I don't know what you made about Mike Kennedy's delivery, but I thought that was severely lacking um, at the weekend. Yeah, some of the... You, you notice the difference when Hayes came on and took that <laughs> corner just instantly when we went and scored from it. You know, um, some of Kennedy's corners yesterday, um, Saturday, was really, really poor. Um, so I don't know. He maybe need to switch, switch up the, the corner kick taker. I, sometimes I feel like they're... They're, you know, they're trying to use Stuart and Scales at the corners mm. and it's just not working. They're not, you know, we've we've been gifted over the years with defenders that are pretty good at scoring from their head at corners. Maybe we, this is just not two guys that are able to do that. You know, they are they are defenders at the end of the day. Um I was impressed with the 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 move from the free kick um because it initially happened and I was like, well, that was a load of rubbish. And then we also scored off the back of it. I was like, <laughs> Oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> um, you're speaking about the goal kicks as well. You know, I noticed that, you know, the scales was passing it to Ruse. And I think part of that is because Ruse is better at kicking a non-dead ball. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it was okay, I get that and stuff, but then other times the other team's catching on to it and then time has passed too quickly and um, so that's something they clearly need to work on um, in the training ground. Yeah, I noticed that as well, that Scales was almost taking the goal kick, but it was making like trying to disguise it as a pass, maybe to try and put off the the forward that, that was there as well. It was it was rather, it, really interesting. But Callum, what, what were you, you were going to make a point in there? Was I? Oh, I think I just hated the goal kicks. I really hated the goal kicks. They really do my head in. Um, but also, oh, sorry, I remember my point. As much as, us putting the ball in for Anthony Stewart and Liam Scales, you know, it's not working too well for us. I really hope they don't start doing short corners again, though. That's not the answer. Mm, true. But I did think for the height that we have in that team, well, with the centre-backs, we should be doing better from set pieces. And it was quite ironic then that the second goal comes from one of the smallest men on the pitch or the two smallest men on the pitch combining calm with Johnny Hayes putting in a decent ball and, Duke, I almost think it's actually a free header the more I watch it mm -hmm. back. Oh yeah, he's basically totally unmarked, which obviously helps his case, but <laughs> um, Duke in the air is weirdly quite a threat. You know, he scored, scored the header against Motherwell as well, away, and, and despite his size, he seems to win more headers than Boyamiovsky when we are going long from goal <laughs> kicks, which is baffling to say the least, but um, it was a pinpoint ball from Johnny Hayes. Credit has to go to him after I when he tried to cross it against uh, against Ross County and it went straight out for a throw and I shouted, retire. Uh, I think he's uh, made me shut my mouth quite quickly uh, with that corner, to be fair. To yeah, and Duke's come out in the in the press on Monday saying how much he's loving life at Aberdeen and how much you know he enjoys the, the fans loving him. And Beth, the more he scores, the more we're going to continue loving him. 
Yeah, 100%. Like, he's just became an absolute fan favourite. And he's, you can just totally tell he's loving it himself. Like, anytime he scores, he's absolutely going for it. Like, he is someone that is, like, the definition of playing for the badge, which we Mm. definitely missed last season. I think that's something we've really gained this year. You know, guys like Duke, Miofsky, Ramadani, you can see that they're playing for the badge. And one of the things I think is great as well is that we seem like a team this year. Last year, it didn't have that team feel. When we scored a goal, everyone celebrates. And I really, really like that. Yeah, that's actually quite quite a good point, Callum. And I think you've made it quite a lot as well about guys coming into the team for the first time this year and really getting what it means mm. for us, the fans, to be playing for Aberdeen. Yeah, they seem to they seem to have bought into it uh, quite a lot, and I think certainly when we're attacking that red shed as well, they know if they go mental, that red is going to be equally mental. They just seem to love it. They seem to <laughs> both lot seem to thrive off it, and it is fantastic to see. Um, but yeah, Duke in particular, you know, he's always playing with a smile on his face as well, which mm. I really enjoy. He just always looks so happy. I just love it. It's fantastic, but. Um, I don't. I, I'm saying this, uh, but uh, you know, in that barren spell, I was absolutely hating a lot of them, other than Danny. <laughs> but there does seem to be a bit more of a collective um, togetherness uh, amongst the <clears> squad, <throat> which is helpful. I think, to be fair, adding Graham Shinney to that, someone who can drive them on, uh, with or without the uh, captain's armband, be that leader, push them on to do better, can only be a good thing. And obviously, experience of knowing the league and what it takes to win here as well. Because as much as mm-hmm. you know, Duke Miofsky fantastic players and experienced in this league. So Shinny coming in will only help them, I presume. Yeah, and I agree. I don't think Graham Shinny needs an armband to help him use that motivation to drive the rest of the team on. I think he can do that on his own. But Beth, with Hearts and St Mirren playing um, at the weekend as well, obviously it was imperative that, that Aberdeen picked up three points regardless of what happened at Paisley. But with those two teams drawing that three points for us is almost even more significant now. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, prior to Saturday's game, it was kind of like, have Hearts already kind of got this? Is Aberdeen actually in the contest? Contest, But with their result on Saturday, um, I think it just went, well, actually, it's not over yet. You know, mm-hmm. we've still got to play Hearts again. And I think, you know, there's points to be won there. Um, hearts are like us. Well, most most teams in in the league uh, this year are inconsistent. You know, we've mm. got these good bits, and on our good days we're good, but actually on our bad days we're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And and Calm, I suppose, you know, are things looking rosy? Does one result change things, or could you say it's a bit of papering over the cracks? Obviously, we've got the semi final to come this weekend, but given the fact, as I said. It was a draw in Paisley. Both teams play each other at Tynecastle on Friday night before, of course, we head to Tynecastle a week on Wednesday. Can we try and, if we just look at the league in isolation, use this result from the weekend, try and use that as momentum towards third place? Absolutely. I mean, although St. Johnson were pretty bad uh, at Tawdry, they are a good team, um, or whether it's, there's just a collection of kind of fodder that just sort of beats each other all the time. I don't know. Um, but well <clears throat> position, they, they, they were sitting pretty pretty well in the league, especially, I think, when you consider how you maybe expect them to do at the start of the season. Uh, and even though they made it sort of difficult for us at times, um, 
I think the fact we did come out with a two goal two goal win, uh, a clean sheet, it's it's a confidence booster. However, you know it does people over some cracks perhaps, but it's a step in the right direction. I think with the additions as well in January, hopefully more to come as well. I'm sort of a little bit more confident again. Uh, whether that'll be obliterated by this time next week, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> we will soon find out. But um, it, it's a, certainly a step in the right direction. I think there's still work to be done, absolutely. But um, hopefully we're maybe going to get there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking myself into a shoot now that it's not going to be okay. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you should maybe just stop talking before you get far too excited. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> that, of course, was the weekend's win over St. Johnston. Beth, thanks very much for joining us to um, look back at the weekend results. You'll, of course, be joining us again on Thursday to um, preview the semi-final, where, of course, you've done uh, a special mix playlist for us um, as part of the episode as well. Um, Before we wrap up this episode, where, of course, can people find you on the airwaves in the northeast of Scotland? So they can find me on Original 106 on a Sunday 5 till 9, on Mairns FM on a Monday 6 till 8, and they can also find me DJing across the place. So on the 3rd of February, I'm hosting a night, it's called Just Beth Presents, where I get some other local DJs from Aberdeen to play. Um, it's in D2, which is downstairs in Cafe Drummond. So if you like your house music, make sure you come along to that as well. Yeah, and uh, we'll get that retweeted on our Twitter page at RTG underscore podcast uh, if you don't follow us on there. <clears throat> of course, if you've been watching on YouTube, remember to leave a like and comment with your thoughts from the weekend's victory as well. And as I said, we'll be back on Thursday previewing that all-important cup semi-final. <laughs>